1: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlandston, and I'm joined by Matt Kendrick for another post-match debrief. It's the fourth defeat in a row for Aston Villa. Aston Villa 1, West Ham United 4. A capitulation in the second half, an embarrassment, (coughs) uh, a shambles, a pathetic result. Whatever superlative you want to go with to describe this afternoon or this evening, uh, once again, we sit here and pretty much copy and paste what we said last week and not good enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the capitulation, I'm not saying it can be excused, but it's probably understandable <laughs> after the Villa reduced to 10 men. I thought long before then, Villa were poor. I thought I, I should have had, had a little didn't... bit
1: of a spell, but I think it was 2 1 with 10 men and thought we're still in this game. Like, we're not like dead and buried here. I'm not saying that we were going to come back, but I wasn't like thinking, oh, well, this is an absolute write-off here. We still had half an hour to go, and I thought there was a chance we might be able to potentially nick one back with West Ham starting to give away sloppy sloppy passes and stuff. But then their goal's all very easy as well. I don't know how detailed we're going to go with this, if we're going to try and break down everything in order. I imagine it'll be a bit all over the place, but far too easy for West Ham, and arguably didn't really have to get out of second gear at any point really in that second half, and that's probably why Villa got back into it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, I thought West Ham coasted to
0: victory. Really, I thought we scored a, a, a well-worked goal, um, which I thought was out of the blue, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not sure that we well, obviously deserved it because we scored it, but <laughs> there was no sense that that goal was coming. Um, but West Ham just thought, okay, all right, then <laughs> better go down the other end and, and, and score another one.
1: Um, and that is becoming a habit, isn't it? Villa scoring and then conceding straight afterwards. That's happened a couple of times now.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating as hell because. The, the success that Villa had last season, and it was success to, to finish 11th in your second season in the Premier League after narrow, narrowly avoiding relegation the first year. The success that they had was built on having that solid kind of back five, I suppose, mm. if you are if including the goalie um, as well. And it just seems to have disappeared. It just seems to have, have crumbled. Now, we know that the change of formation, you know, undermined that a little bit. <sighs> I thought it was he, we know it was it was overdue that Villa returned to a, a back four today, but it still surprised me massively that Mings was dropped to be honest um I think, I think it' can pour over lots of different performances, but I think I think that that was the one mistake i think dropping dropping Toro Mings so that was a mistake I think it was a mistake, yeah. Because I okay. think I think he's the glue that holds Villa together, even when he's having a bad personal performance. I think people can underestimate what he can do in terms of galvanising effect. I thought the other mistake was bringing Ashley Young on um, to centre mid. I, I, I really can't understand it. I can't understand it. You know, he's never play, he played there for Villa once or a couple of times before, but he's not. He's not a central midfielder. You know, if anything bring him on at left back because target's having a mare again at the moment. Uh, and I just, I just think that we shot ourselves in the foot today. Uh, let's not pretend West Ham have a very good team. They've got consistency of, of selection. Do you know what I mean? They've not had as much disruption of Villa as, as Villa have had in terms of chopping and changing all the time. But if you look, you look at the likes of Declan Rice, I suppose, um, What's the guy? Is it Suchek? Hmm. I never pronounce it correctly. If you look at them, the amount of kind of the composure they have on the ball, two proper defensive midfielders who can not only win the ball but can can use it wisely. Um, I'm not sure we've I'm not sure we've got that quality in there. I thought Nakamba was decent considering he's not played much at all. I thought he tried to be energetic, tried to get around, but he's not got that range of passing. He's not. He's not as good on the ball as, as either of those two that I've just mentioned. But it was just, it was just ramshackle. It was just it's the first time I've been to Villapart this season and expected us to lose hmm. and thought I'd be happy with a draw. And that might be, you know, uh, that might be because West Ham are, are flying high and are now in the Champions League position. But it's also
1: because I fear, I fear how ragged and disjointed we are at the moment. Mm. There's loads to go out there from what you just said. A good couple of minutes there. That I'm going to clip out on social. We could probably just end the podcast here, to be honest, because I don't really know what else to add. I think you've got, got it all spot on, to be honest. Uh, a few comments coming through as you were talking then. Someone said, The lad on the left's a dreamer. We spent millions and we're still rubbish. I haven't even spoken yet. I haven't said anything. I'm not anti Smith or pro Smith at this point. Uh, I also don't like that the arguments that we're going to see in the comments on social media in, in the coming days and weeks, or however long that this Aston Villa exists for, that anyone who's anti Smith now is going to go, Look, told you so, told you a rubbish. Start almost like bragging the fact that they were right that they've called that Villa were, were poor and the Pro Smith are going to adamantly, adamantly back their man. I've always said Smithian, and just, again, this is just going to be the conversation until a decision is made. Either way, isn't it? Until he gets sacked, this is all will consume Villa fans now, whether it's Smithian or Smithout. I also still don't think sacking managers is the, is the right thing to do because I've not yet to see anyone with a realistic name to 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 change it around. To be honest, I just I just don't don't see. What and So, I think if there was a manager available who's better than being Smith and who wanted to come to Villa, I think the owners would have clicked their fingers and just gone and got them now. So, I don't think that person is out there as it stands. I think so the I worry... Go on. Sorry, go on. I don't think that's the answer. However, losing four in a row, and I think if we lose again on Friday against Southampton going into international break, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the last time we've just seen Smith at Villa Park. I don't think he'll, he'll be there for the game afterwards if we lose five in a row. I think... I'm probably get ahead of myself there. I think the interesting
0: thing about the big debate about who could do better is that at the moment, you know, and this is not me talking Villa down. I think you know, think and believe that Villa should be you know really ambitious and really bold. But at the moment, if you're a brilliant available manager who's Premier League ready, you're possibly going to have, and I know. Solskjaer won a game at the weekend, but you're possibly gonna have Man United, Tottenham, mm-hmm. Newcastle with the you know, the the massive investment that they've got. Villa are probably gonna be fourth in the queue.
1: And, that, and also it, if one of those clubs gets a manager from another Premier League side, that, that job becomes available as well somewhere else.
0: That's it, and I think fourth in the queue of the names that we've heard talking about. Who are we talking? Grand Potter? And is Grant Potter going to be that upgrade that's going to kick Villa from here to here?
1: It's a massive unknown. That's why I'm not massively convinced to change the manager. If the owners decide to do it, then yeah, absolutely, I'd back back the owners' decision because I support the club and whoever's there is who I'm going to support until they're no longer there. That's why I'm still on Smith's side to an extent because he's currently the manager. He's the manager of Aston Villa. I have to to back him because me saying Smith out isn't going to change that. So in my head, it doesn't doesn't matter whether I'm Smith in or Smith out because I can't change it until it happens. Potter feels very much like, I'm not comparing him in style, but very much feels like the Lambert scenario that we'll be playing Brighton in a few weeks. And it'll be like, oh, he's the opposition manager, but probably could do a job for Villa. But then what he comes here, when we finish 12th, 8th and 15th, and in three years' time, we sack Potter. And we go, oh, he was never good enough. And we just go round and round in the cycle of looking at managers and thinking, oh, they'd be quite good. And they come and they're not. Unless you're going to go for someone like Conte or Mourinho that massive step up from Smith to that, like you just said, to, to take up the league instantly. I'm don't. i I'm not quite sure what's out there and I don't know whether they will, but as I just said, losing four in a row, five in a row, six in a row, the owners won't stand for that and they will change it. It'll be a massive gamble when they do though because Gerrard, John Terry, Lampard, I personally don't see it, but would be delighted to be proved wrong with, with any of those names, if and when yeah, Smith is gone.
0: Dean Smith's got to be... <laughs> He's got to find the solutions, hasn't he? And I think that's yeah. the concern at the moment, that he doesn't seem to have the answers. Um, he's come out post-match and said that it wasn't a 4-1 victory and that you know a couple of breakaway goals have killed us and the, the dodgy decision to send off every concert has killed us, which I agree, but I, I was pretty convinced, maybe it's because I'm, I'm a boring old pessimist, but I was pretty convinced within the first 15 minutes of that match that we're going to lose it. Um, and when we kicked off the second half, even with eleven versus eleven, I turned around and said to my nephew, "I'd probably take a two-one defeat here, to be <laughs> honest, because I can just see it, see it getting worse and worse." Um, I, I think the, the worry with Smith is, and it's, it's we can all be we can all be wise after the event, but the worry with Smith is who is he leaning on at the moment because we know he's got Craig Shakespeare alongside him. Craig Shakespeare doesn't suddenly become a bad coach overnight. Dean Smith doesn't mm. become a bad coach overnight. But those two people that you've lost, Richard O'Kelly and John Terry from the from the coaching team are clearly clearly big absences. Um I don't know I really I'm, I'm like like you I can before today I thought it's a lot of hype and nonsense and, you know, we'll weather this storm, we'll get over it, we'll get a couple of weeks <clears> and it'll be back, you know, everything will be heading forwards again. I just feel like we're stuck in a horrible rut at the moment. Mm. And not only are we, are we not playing well, but it's that cliche of things going against us as well, that sending off Ollie Watkins' header coming back off the bar that might have been mm. enough to sneak us, you know, way back into that game. <clears> um, <throat> Those those two those first two goals. I mean, perhaps I'm perhaps I'm being harsh.
1: on him. But uh, yeah, Martinez. I agree.
0: I think he. I think he saved all. The, I think he saves those kind of shots normally. Mm. And whether he's. I he's obviously had some issues this week with his, his his personal life. But it's those kind of little margins mm. that are going against us. And if that it's, snowballs, that builds up into negative momentum, <clears throat> that can claim managers eventually. Mm.
1: It's it's the manner of the defeats, isn't it? After you beat Man United, we've lifted this curse of never beating Man United and put a fresh curse on us that we we will never win a game since. You beat Man United but have to lose every other game. It seems we've taken that deal. Momentum should be high after that. Confidence should be high. And then you go and lose to Tottenham, who who are average at best, let's let's face it. Throw away against Wolves. And since that last 15 minutes of Wolves, we've been abject in, in both games. So that's what? The maths off the top of my head 100 200 minutes of football or something, in like it two four games, Arsenal today, and that last part of walls We've just been we just do nothing, even from the kickoff. We had, I mean, we've had four attempts at kickoff today, and it's back to the centre back, lost it down into the channels, and out for a throwing every time. The same, now, it's such a basic thing to 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 kind of pick out, but that's the chance to like reset after a goal, right? Like, let's calm it down, and we just blast it out for a throw-in, Trying to like our only option is right ping it up into a, a, a flank, try and hold it up, and then we'll just wait and see what happens off the second ball. That seems to be our tactic at the moment. And it's not even like, well, Leon Bailey is, is the Jack Grealish, you know, give it to him and let him do his magic. We don't even really seem to do that. Well, he's the odd flick him. And, well, yeah, that's what I mean. When he gets it, the odd flick and the little roulette here and there, he, he looks like you know, a nice, flashy player. But again, being harsh here probably because we were rubbish, but he's had 60 minutes today where he's not really done a fat lot. But no, we're not, not getting it but to him in the sense that we did with Grealish. So it's a, like it's a one-man team, I'll just give it to Bailey and he'll do something. Because it's just lump it forward and hope we win a flick on. That's not good enough.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think you know, if you're playing neck high <coughs> balls down the flank to your two your two wingers, you're asking a lot of them. Also against you know, West Ham,
1: a massively physical side that win yeah. everything in the air. While we're playing yeah. long ball and pumping it into the box and the long throw-ins as well, I like, you know we we're all for that when it works for Danny Ings in the in the one of the first couple of games of the season. But that's now become a thing that, oh, here we go, another long throw. Leon Bailey taking long throws that aren't even that long. And we're lofting it into into Suchek and Sufall and Sue Fallon, whoever are six-foot giants just winning everything in the air and it's It just feels like very one-dimensional, right, let's just punt it up and we'll, we'll try and win a flick on. There doesn't seem to be anything more than that. And I know you've said we're in a rut and it's hard to get yourself out of that when you lack in confidence, but that seems very amateurish to me to, do, to play that way.
0: Yeah, it's who's brave enough in there to want to take the ball because from kick, like you say, from kick off, it's going back to Matt Target who's giving it to Courtney Halls who's knocking it back to (laughs) Emmy Martinez. And who's going to come and take the ball off the back four and start to make things happen? And I don't think there was that. I don't think anybody was brave enough to come and show for the ball, not often enough. So you are going long, you're going long all the time. I thought Watkins did okay. To be honest, I thought he did okay, he was having to chase a lot of nothing. If I'm honest, but I thought, thought he he's did. To okay. a couple
1: of times and stuff like that, and again things like that sent the tone. I think yeah. the goalkeeper rolled it out for a corner, and he's trying to clear yeah. it. And little things like yeah. that I'm kind sad, of get us all up. The way <laughs> I <call it laughs> yeah, yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we, me and my dad were saying off that the free kick from the the red card that concert got. Uh, you know, almost let him play on, let him have the goal scoring opportunity because. You know, less 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 risky, and then we sat there. And we'd probably score, though, wouldn't either way it's going. So let's 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 be happy with the free kick. Um, I think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore.
0: Something's got to change, hasn't it? So either Dean Smith changes it, or he finds it changed for him. I think. I think hmm. we're into that territory now, where whereby. It's too close for comfort. The relegation zone is too close for comfort. And I know it's congested down there. I know we're only uh, four or five me. points eight, shall we say. But we're three points off the bottom three.
1: Um, ten points from ten games isn't good enough, is it? For where we want to be. We're, we'll be projected to get less points than we got less season, last season. And all the way through, we've always said, if Villa take a step back, you know, we've made season-on-season season progress, they minute they start to potentially go backwards, yeah, fair enough. If the owners want to change it, I'll back that decision. And we're on course to do less than we did last season unless we suddenly pull our finger out. Some of the anti-Dean Smith stuff I don't I don't quite agree with. I'm seeing stuff in the comments, things like, you know, there's too many coaches on the touchline, like who's making the decisions. But you look at West Ham's bench and they've got three or four coaches around David Moyes as well. So I don't don't really buy stuff like that. Someone just said Smith can't do tactics. But it's like, well, when we win games and we're doing well, we we agree that we have got a game plan, doing things the right way. Like we've got this far with Dean Smith, so to all of a sudden say he's not good enough, just don't buy stuff like that. But it's we are undeniably in this rut of bad form, and it does feel like watching on now that they don't know how to get out of it. So I don't I don't think it's that Smith isn't good tactically or the squad's not good enough. They're just in this position; and they can't find anything within themselves to get out of it. And one of the things that's always been a positive of Villa in the last year or two is that they seem to have got like this well. You know, well, close together, tight knit group, good mentality, and good training ground. I just don't even get the sense that that's there anymore. I don't know whether that's just I'm reading too much into defeats. Body language doesn't look great. Players coming off and, and looking distressed and you know arguing and stuff like that. I know you're losing games, and I also wouldn't want to see them happy and post on social media and, and you know being happy about losing either. So you know, it's a fine line I'm asking them to tread. But it doesn't seem like there's that that squad mentality there that we're used to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen people saying that the Buendia storming down the tunnel was another example of Smith losing the dressing room. I'm not sure I buy that to be honest. I think that says more about Buendia. I was really disappointed that he did that. You know, anybody knows why that substitution has been made. Yeah. You know, you've just had your centre-half off, sent center off. What are you are going to do? Of course, you're going to bring another defender back on. And Buendia was the obvious, you know, full guy. And, I just don't think I don't think that sits sits well. You know, you sit. You know, unless you're freezing cold and you've got a coat that's waiting for you in the dressing room, fine. But you sit in the you sit in the dugout and you support the team like like everybody else. It's it's a squad game. So that I found that disappointed. He did
1: disappointing. come back out though. James Doole says wendy went to get his coat and a drink, didn't he? He did come oh, back out. But he, he wasn't happy though. You could tell he wasn't happy. I was sit right in front of the dugout. He didn't look like he stormed off. But again, like if he came off happy to be off, we'd all be going you've come off when we're losing the game. Like, why isn't he bothered? So, like I say, it's a fine line. I want them to be bothered with the fact that we're losing games, but that tight kind of community feel at Bodymore, he doesn't seem to be there from the outside looking in. I don't go to Bodymore. I don't see what it's like in training. Dean Smith says, you know, they're a great bunch of lads and we all believe we can get out, of, get out of this and turn it around. But from the outside looking in, when I go to Villa Park every couple of weeks, I don't see that mentality there in, in recent weeks, to be honest.
0: No, no I think to me... <clears throat> Do we know does Dean Smith know what the best eleven is now? And can we get them on the field? So you know what? Let's talk the about 11? the
1: players. Let's talk about the players. Because I said last week and people were having a go at me in the comments for it in the you know, when it was off air. So I said something like, you know, yeah, I understand people saying Dean Smith out, but It's not Dean Smith who isn't jumping at corners like John McGinn wasn't last week against Wolves. Uh, It's not his fault that Matt Target is playing sloppy passes every five minutes. But I understand that it's Dean Smith's job to pull a player off if they're they're not performing as well. You can't do that when you're Young playing left into central field, though, can you? Which is, again, a strange decision. So, you know, I understand that Smith's got to do better with the squad that he's got. But I don't know what our best 11 is. You know, the players are also suffering with that lack of confidence. And when things aren't going right, things don't go right, do they?
0: I don't know. Let's go through it. Best 11. Martinez in goal. Matty Cash. To me, Conza, Mings, and it probably is still target, to be honest, unless we think Ashley Young. But potentially, I think that one's up for grabs for me. I actually
1: um, thought Young but, was all right in central midfield. Well, he just shot to right wing, didn't he? I think, towards the end as well. Um, I thought he was okay, but he isn't a central midfielder. But what do you do? Bring on Chuck Remaker, 17-year-old? I don't know. I don't have the answers for this.
0: It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a difficult one. But if you've got a centre midfielder on the bench <laughs> and the vacancy comes up, I can I can understand it. I think probably without Mings in the team, he thought he needs experience and leaders in there. And Young was probably a better bet than, than Chukumake. Chukumake in 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 that sense. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Where were we? So that's the the back five. Then you, you know, let's, you're back four plus your goalie. And three and a three again, I think we probably agreed is the the best way forward. So Watkins gets the nod nod over Ings for now, presume. Well, was Ings injured or? I I don't know. I've
1: not seen anything. I've I've come back up, come back and not seen a single thing. Him and Louise were just out, weren't they? I assume it's injured or, or illness.
0: So then, who's your? Is it is Buendier and Bailey your two best? I think options?
1: yeah, I think Louise Louise Ramsey McGinn is your best midfield three. Sanson is probably technically the best, better midfield than Ramsey, but he's never fit, so he's not even really part of the conversation. And it's a front three of Bailey, Watkins and Ings, isn't it? Which is a hundred millions worth pound, hundred million pounds worth of talent playing up front. Like, that should be a good side on paper. Someone just said Matty Cash FC. Matty Cash was good today. Probably the one standout positive. Burst forward on the right a few times, but... So what, almost? Do you know what I mean? We lost 4-1, like, he was good, but... I don't really care. The, 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 the whole squad's got to be better. Target on the other side was horrific, I thought.
0: Yeah, you need more than two or three players to play well if you're going to compete in, in this division. And... It's just uh, I I'm not not saying I told you so, but when people, you know, Christian Poslow's giving the big speech, hasn't he saying we've you know, we head of the you know, head of the curve if you like, we when we knew Grealish was going that we we knew we couldn't replace him with one player, we replaced him with with three players and you know the timing of the Ings announcement and we'd already signed Buendia and we'd already signed Bailey. There's a real feel good factor to say, right, you know, all aboard, we're off to Europe. Now, (laughs) I wasn't quite convinced then, but neither did I think we'd have a squad who would lose the last four games the way they've lost them. Mm. Um, So I think we're not quite as good as people thought thought we would be or thought we should be. We're clearly not. But st- still to me, I think 11th or 10th this season would still be progress. I know 11th is exactly the same, same place as last season, but we were Jack Grealish FC for three years. So yeah. 11th mm-hmm. or 10th is still progress. Is that achievable still? Of course it is. But <laughs> how much longer do we, do we say... We're going to turn a corner. We're going to turn a corner. We're going to turn a corner before an average, disappointing season becomes an alarming crisis season. Yeah. So, I think the last couple of weeks that aren't the way we started against Arsenal, the flat, how flat most of tonight's performance was. Those two things have, have made me think. See, if it was just going to be an average season of consolidation, Greenish is gone, betting in new players, we're still going to be somewhere between 9th and 13th, I'd take that now I know a lot of Villa fans wouldn't take it because they, we want to kick on, we want to get back to where we came from a decade or more ago I'd take somewhere 9th to 13th but my concern now is that the more this goes on, the more confidence erodes Then it's going to become more of a panic season than that So, the Dean Smith, the strong Dean Smith out brigade, won't just accept it becoming a consolidation season. Anything less than eighth in the Premier League, they want him gone. So, I don't think we're going to get to that stage. So, I think even if Villa come out of this rut and find a way forward, unless they find it at that pace and momentum, there's still going to be these murmurings and this kind of hand rubbing when we lose a game. I don't like that. But equally, i can see now more than i could a month ago that these little few kind of cracks appearing and it's the manager's job somehow to i don't know to put sticky plasters on them or to to find proper solutions on them quickly
1: well it's it's how long the, the owners last isn't it with with that formula do we have to actually slip into the bottom 3 before they they make a change or do you just look at the the formula at the moment and go yeah, if we lose one more, if we lose two more, then we then we make the change. I mean, that's their decision, isn't it? Which is why I don't really see the point being too... Oh, someone in the comments just said, I've got no backbone, so I won't say all my thoughts. I'm banging the middle. My opinion makes no difference. I don't I hate to break it to you, but me being pro-Dean Smith doesn't keep him in the job. And being anti-Dean Smith doesn't get him sacked either. So he's the manager of Aston Villa as of tonight. So he has my support when I go to Villa Park. That's That's as far as it goes for me. I can see that he's not good enough at the moment but I'm willing to give him the chance to make it right because that's what the owners who've, have of Aston Villa have decided to do. It's their money, it's their neck on the line. Arguably, it doesn't make any difference to my life whether Dean Smith stays or goes, does it? Because it's not my decision to make. While he's here, I back him. If they sack him, we move on to the next guy. And whoever ex-manager is gets my same support in the way that Smith has. That's how I approach it.
0: I think the big big thing for me is <coughs> if the if the owners do decide to pull the plug sometime in the next month or so they don't want a short sharp shop manager F- for what? So we can go from 15th to 10th. They want to make sure that the next person they appoint can pick up this project and have the three years worth of progress that they've enjoyed since they've been here. So yeah. that's, that's a big decision because we've already said before earlier in the podcast that you, you're you fishing in a very narrow pool with really. competition to not only get somebody who's available, who wants to come to Villa, um, who can have an in- instant impact in that dressing room, but can then go and build something, build the next so, the next. So like I said
1: before, the, if, if one of those managers, Man United, Spurs, uh, I can't remember one of the others who, who you said, you know, potentially Arsenal, Tartess has always got talk of leaving, hasn't he, as well. If any of one of those managers ends up going and a Brendan Rodgers leaves or Graham Potter leaves Brighton to go to to Leicester or whatever, whatever manager managerial uh, merry-go-round it is. And Leicester are also looking for a club, are looking for a manager who are in a better position than us. Brighton at the moment in a better position than us. So it's not it's not just as easy as going Bruce out, Conte. in. Because if you think that, I just I disagree wholeheartedly. Because it, it won't come, it won't happen. Allardyce says Jason. Said, yeah. So people in the comments said uh, no Conte. I said, I thought um, said Bruce out. Conte in. Oh, sorry. If I did, yeah. Well, I might have done, yeah. Uh, Smith out Conte in. It's not going to happen. Jason O'Brien just said, Allardyce, question mark. No? Jimmy <laughs> Kerr said, Watford just got Ranieri. He's better than Smith. He's not. He isn't. A... You want Ranieri managing Aston Villa? Nuno Rafa. I just I just don't see it. I don't see it. Because that's not the, the fix that Villa want. If they make the manager change soon, it has to be someone like Sam Allardyce. Really? Sam Allardy? I mean, we're going to go round and round, aren't we, Stephen Gerrard, please, says Daniel O'Connor. It's a big risk, isn't it? Something like that, Lampard at Chelsea, Rooney at Derby, going for someone that's not, not experienced. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, is is Stephen Gerrard a better manager than Dean Smith in the Premier League? People are saying that Dean Smith's only got experience in League One. Stephen Gerrard's not got no Premier League experience either. We're just gonna go round and round and circle. I mean, until the owners this is what I mean, this is why I don't get too involved with it. Because if the owners don't sack him, this whole conversation is relevant to everybody watching this. Because we've got no power here. We cannot change it. So you have to you have to support who's there. This is why uh, I just don't be I don't get being so anti-the manager or anti-a player because you can't change it. The
0: only way it'll change is if and I'm not encouraging people to do this, but it'll change if Villa Park decides to change it, you know, in terms of the the impact the the supporters can have. And, you know, Dean Smith, Smith out, is trending on Twitter today. Uh, There's a few, (laughs) there's a few grumbles around me um, from fellow misery guts around me who were, you know, having a bit of a moan and a shout saying time had come, but that still doesn't seem to have gathered enough momentum. You know, the, 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 I didn't stay around very long after the final whistle, but I presume presume there weren't a chance of Smith out. I presume Smith wasn't booed down the touchline, was he? Um so I don't know. I think for me, if and when the owners decide to to pull the plug or you know chop the manager's head off or whatever the whatever the thing is, then they will only do that when they have confidently sounded out done their due diligence, know that, that the next manager is available. Um and that sounds a little bit kind of cloak and dagger and, and Machiavellian going behind people's backs, but these are these are astute businessmen who I don't think they're going to sack Smith and then think, you know, <laughs> for example, do a do a Tottenham with when they got rid of Mourinho and then were left floundering until they mm. got their their seventy fourth choice in and then chased him out a month later. I don't think they'll do that. I think when the time time comes to pull the trigger, they'll have pretty much got their got their man lined up. You know what I mean? Almost having yeah. having waiting in arrivals before Dean Smith leave the departure lounge. Um,
1: yeah, and if if well, that is Friday night and we lose to Southampton, they go right international break. We know we're getting rid of Smith. We know we can go and get Potter. He'll be in for the next game. Fine, I'm on board with that because the owners have decided that's what they want to do. But until then, you've got. I just think you've got to back the manager and Hope he changes it. At the minute, though, I just don't know how they can. I don't know how we beat Southampton. I don't know how we beat whoever's after that. It's at the stage where you start looking at it going, I don't know where the next point's coming from because we're so abject of anything at the moment. That, that's that's disappointing. That you do, first thing
0: you do is <clears throat> take a clean
1: sheet. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that this. clean sheets and, and good defensive displays? That was, that was last, know, last season
0: when uh, Martinez was on to win the Golden Glove. Yeah. whatever we've got you know talking about has he broken Brad Fiedel's record blah, blah 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 you know I'd take <laughs> i take one clean sheet let them ride ten in a row or whatever um, but yeah it's going to be interesting Friday night it's going to at least you know ruin the weekend nice and early again can't they yeah. the rather than ruining it on a Sunday when the clocks go back and I've got to go back to work
1: um, last thing I just want to touch on because you mentioned it at the start and we just brushed over it I just wanted to get your opinion on the Ming stuff so, again I don't care what the comments say at this place but we've obviously been very Ming's pro Ming. I guess people would say or Ming's apologists or whatever you want to call it him getting drop, dropped was a surprise though I, I didn't think Smith would do that now what does what sign does that send out I guess is that uh, I've got no faith in my captain does that make Smith look weak or is it a I don't care if you are captain I will drop you if you're not playing well
0: no, I think, it's, I think anybody's fair game if they're not playing up to the required standard. Um, but that supposes that you've got a big queue of really brilliant defenders to come in. Um, you know, Twan has had his moments this season where he's not been on it. Um, you know, I think Cons is a better player with Mings alongside him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, you know... I don't think it says I don't trust my captain anymore. I just think he. I just think it's it, Smith deemed that, that Mings wasn't wasn't of the required standard, so I dropped him. He'll be back. <laughs> he was back yeah. in today, and he'll be back in on Friday. <laughs> so we we move on again. But whoever he puts across his back three, back five, back four, have got to be a lot better than that collectively, because that's what's letting that's what's letting Villa down. You know, I know we've still got a click in attack. And you know what did Ash did he say hundred million pounds strike force yeah. something, was it today? Um Peace. didn't didn't look like it that often. Um you know <clears throat> Jared Bowen today has easily outshone Villa's two wide men. Um you know, got the pace and trickery, whereas I don't know. I was really, um, really disappointed with with Bailey and there But again, they're settling in, aren't
1: they? Still, I think. And it, we've played rubbish, so it's difficult to judge when we we're, were so poor, isn't it? I think.
0: Yeah, I'm done anyway. But... Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm <laughs> so done.
1: It's horrible, isn't it? Um, there'll be some kind of midweek podcast I'm off Tuesday and Thursday so it won't be me many, many people will be glad to know and no, I just don't care about doing one of these again anyway um, so we'll get asked to talk about it with some actual football knowledge and see what he thinks about the manager see whether he... also before we move on uh, there's a few people saying about Potter being a Villa fan do we know if that's true by the way I know he's from that's Hall but that's what I, I think his fan. family are blue noses to be
0: honest
1: okay cool so that, that, that's worked out then well um, right, we'll call it a day there like I said there was some kind of midweek podcast anyway again I guess it'll be you and me on next Friday night to talk about hopefully three points but if it's not it'll be another depressing one won't it so that'll be fun uh, thanks for all the comments for tuning in there's 700 people watching which is probably one of our highest ever um, so yeah most people you know pretty, pretty nice in the comments but a few, <laughs> few nasty ones I've blocked somebody so enjoy that uh, Matt, thank you very much for your time. As always, um, it's been a Halloween horror show. I think Ash called it. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get out of here, and we'll see you again later in the week. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the Villa.